If you're looking for inspiration and challenge in the world of early years and Key Stage 1 education, then you've just found it. Welcome to the Early Excellence Podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Andy Burt. Welcome along to episode 30 of the Early Excellence Podcast. In this week's episode, we take a close look at books that are great for PSED, for personal, social and emotional development. I'm joined by my colleague Luella Ivans as we share books from our collection and talk about how they could be used as part of effective classroom practice. The books that we choose are Nuffle Bunny by Mo Willems, Julian is a Mermaid, by Jessica Love, and The Great Big Book of Families by Mary Hoffman. So have a listen, see what you think. Here you go, here's our conversation as we explore the books in depth. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to have a look at uh, books relating to PSED um, today, and we're, we're going to look at a few books. We're going to we're going to we picked out some great books that I think you will find really useful um, that um, focus in on some some really key themes around PSED, um, and that will should I think lead on to conversations and discussions as well. So, Luella, you've picked out some books, haven't you? What have you got first up for us? I have, yeah. I've got a beautiful book, Andy. It's called Nuffle Bunny, and it's by Mo Willems. And this book is so lovely. Um, it really supports PSED in a, in a really well-rounded way. But what I like most about this book is that the illustrations are actually photographs. So they are real photographs. And then on top of the photographs, you have the characters from the book in a cartoon style. So it's a little bit different. Um, but what I think is really nice about it is that the photographs really help to root children and see themselves in the story, um, which I just think is so different. I haven't seen any books out there like that before. So um, I really like that side of it. Now, the book is about a um, child who went on an errand with her daddy. So Trixie is the main character and she goes off with her dad um, to do the laundry. And on the way, they pass through lots of different places. So they go down the street, through the park, past the school and um, off to do their laundry. Now, the main part of the story is that they do the laundry and on the way back, Trixie becomes really distressed and she starts to cry and she goes through lots of different emotions, but she can't really express what's going on or what she's feeling. So she's babbling and the book does a really good job of showing us that, um, that she's not actually talking in words at this point. And I think for a lot of our children, they'll really be able to relate to that, that frustration of not being able to tell daddy what's wrong and why she's crying. Um, and daddy doesn't understand. And throughout the book, daddy is assuming that Trixie is saying one thing such as, are we going home? When really what Trixie's trying to do is to tell daddy that she's left her prized possession, her nuffle bunny, 
at the laundromat. So that's that's the main bulk of the story. And I think it would spark some really great conversations to have with the children in your class about how we express our emotions. Because Trixie goes through from babbling and telling daddy, you know, we're trying to tell daddy what's wrong. Um, and then she goes on to kind of having a tantrum in the street and it says she went boneless. And there's a lovely cartoon of dad trying to hang on to a boneless Trixie. Um, and it's just a really lovely story to show the emotion of, of trying to convey how unhappy you are, but not actually being able to say that you're unhappy and why. And there's a, there's a bit of a, a side uh, moral story in here as well, which is around dad's understanding and dad's reaction. And actually it shows dad becoming quite grumpy um, as this happens. And dad actually ends up picking Trixie up and taking her home. And it's mum who says, well, where's the Nuffle Bunny? And it's mum who realises um, that that might be what Trixie's upset about. So there's so much in this story to unpack. Um, and I think, as I said before, the illustrations are just fantastic. They really help children to see themselves in this situation. And what a lovely discussion to have around self-regulation, showing emotions, expressing yourself. Um, I just think it's a lovely story. So if you haven't seen it before, it's called Nuffle Bunny and it's by Mo Willems. So it's a fantastic read, Andy. Have you come across this one before? Um, I, I didn't know this book, actually. Um, yeah, we were talking about this just before, weren't we? Um, the illustrations are fantastic. You know, that that combination of photographs and and drawings, I think, is, is really effective. And um, we, we were mentioning, weren't we, that the illustrations for books that particularly focus on PSED, I think are crucial, aren't they? Absolutely. The, the words, of course, are important, but particularly when we're talking about children's feelings, where children will often find it very difficult to, to pick up on certain cues, certain you know, body language or whatever it might be, that, that actually the, the illustrations work really well for that, that the right illustrations will support children in noticing. They'll, they'll support children in noticing things like facial expressions and a change of body language. Um, noticing that sort of a change in a character, I think is important. And so the illustrations particularly are, are crucial here. Um, and that was something that you picked out from this particular book, wasn't it? Absolutely. And I think that that contrast of real life photographs really helps children to see themselves in the story. And then the characterization through the cartoon element of the characters. It's such a, a lovely combination because the character, the cartoon characters have really big emotions on their face. And you're able to do that with cartoons. And like you say, Andy, I think it really helps children to you know, understand the emotion that this book is trying to convey at different points. And you can see how Trixie is becoming more and more upset and actually how her she's managing that and she's trying to regulate her behaviour, but she's, you know, so overwrought that she hasn't got this nuffle bunny. But actually looking at the photograph, you can see her going through those stages um, and those emotions. So the pictures in this book are fantastic. They really are. It's something as well that I think so many children will associate with you know that that kind of the moment of losing your your very special um cuddly toy or your you know your your 
your teddy bear or whatever it might be, is one of those big emotional moments as a child, isn't it? That that the being distraught because you have left something very special behind somewhere is something that very much all children will associate, and adults probably will associate with. You know that, and, and it's something that's probably been used. It has been used before, hasn't it? When you think about. Um, Dogger by Shirley Hughes. Yeah. That's the same kind of theme, isn't it? That that sudden realisation that you've lost something that is really special to you, that suddenly hits you. And you can, you can see that in this book as well. And it comes across loud and clear, I think, in the illustrations, that sudden shock, that horror, and, and kind of that feeling that children will associate with and, and try to talk about. So I think it's important that that we associate with those feelings and then we're able to talk about those feelings. Absolutely. And I think that this book in particular does a really good job of having, sparking that conversation, I guess, in class or in a small group um, so that you can talk about those things and talk about how we might be able to convey how we're feeling in in other ways as well. So I think that that's that's a really nice way of doing it is is through a narrative such as this. Um, I've got another book actually to share with you. Um, So the book that I've chosen is called Julian is a Mermaid, which I think is a fairly new book. Um, It's by Jessica Love. So Julian is a Mermaid by Jessica Love. um, And it is on Walker Books. It's it's by Walker Books. And um, it's all about a little boy called Julian who sees three mesmerising women dressed up as mermaids. And at that point, for him, everything changes. All he can think about is becoming a mermaid himself. Okay, so he's, he's, as he sees them, he's out for the day with his nana. And he sees these, these three women dressed up um, in beautiful mermaid costumes with their makeup on and um, hair done in all kinds of, of fantastic ways, long flowing hair and hair up in a great big tall hairdo. Um, and Julian straight away falls in love. He, he says, Julian, it just says, Julian loves mermaids. And again, just like, uh, like Nuffle Bunny, the illustrations are fantastic in that it takes you on a bit of a journey into what Julian is thinking. So as soon as he sees the mermaids, Julian is, is imagining himself underwater. And he's taking off his ordinary clothes, he's taking off his vest and his shorts, and then he's swimming with the fish. And the fish are all kinds of wonderful shapes and sizes and colours, all kinds of of flowing shapes, uh, different patterns, different colours, just like the mermaids that he'd seen um, when he was out for the day. And he imagines becoming a mermaid. So... His legs become a mermaid's fin and he swims in all these wonderful ways going um, upside down and round and swimming with the fish. And you can see straight away that he's happy. You know, his body language changes. He seems more relaxed. He, he's very much um, comfortable in who he is. He's, he's absolutely, you know, he's kind of... Um, He's happy in his own skin, I suppose. You can see that in, in the illustrations. Um, and it's it's so powerfully done, I think. It's, it's beautifully done in that there actually aren't that many words in this book. 
So they get to the end of the train journey and um, his nana says, okay, this is our stop. And they get off and he waves to the, the ladies who were dressed up as mermaids. And then later on when they get home, um, his nana goes off and uh, she goes off for a bath actually. And basically says to him, I'm going off to take a bath, you be good. And Julian is left really at, at home um, with his own imagination. And it just says, Julian has a good idea. And he takes off his vest, just as he'd done in his imagination uh, on the train earlier on. He takes off his shorts and he finds a houseplant. And he, and he pulls out these um, fantastic stems from the houseplant and he finds some flowers and he creates this beautiful headdress for himself, this flowing headdress. Um, and he looks in the mirror and he puts makeup on. And he adds on lipstick and puts on makeup and do, does, does his face. And then he finds some curtains. And all of this is really without print. It's very much with just the illustrations. He finds some curtains and gets uh, experiments with these curtains, uh, thinking about how he might stand, how he might look, standing proudly, looking at himself in the mirror. And he swirls around this, uh, these, these curtains and ties them around his middle and cre creates this fantastic, fantastic dress, fantastic outfit. And just at the point when he, he seems like he is, again, so happy and comfortable, just at that point, the door opens and Nana comes back in. And suddenly his body language changes. And the print at the bottom just says, oh, and then, uh-oh, and he thinks he's in trouble. And there's this crucial moment when he suddenly thinks, oh, no, everything's gone wrong. I've shown too much of myself. And then there's this beautiful bit where Nana just says, come here, honey. And she takes him out and they both get dressed up. So Julian is still dressed up in his fantastic dress that he'd created. Nana gives him a, uh, some jewellery to wear as well. And they go out for the evening and they join a carnival. And they see so many people who are also dressed up in a similar way to Julian. And it's such a fantastic book. I can't recommend it enough. It's a, a brilliant book. Um, so again, not very much print. When they get to the carnival, um, Nana says to Julian, like you, honey, let's join them. And off they go into the carnival, um, taking their place with so many people all dressed up. And just on the last page, it turns out that the ladies that they'd seen earlier on, who were the mermaids, dressed up as mermaids that started the story off, it kind of comes full circle because you see the three ladies at the end and they're part of the carnival. That's where they were going. And so, yeah, it's a, a fantastic book. It um, reminds me in lots of ways of um, that classic book, Where the Wild Things Are by Maurice Sendak. Um, in that it's beautifully illustrated and uses print 
really economically that, that the print doesn't get in the way. It's the illustrations that tell the story, really. And so, yeah, I, it's a fantastic book and I highly recommend it. Um, is it a book that you know, Luella? I don't know whether you know this one. I don't know it. It sounds wonderful, though. I'd love to give that a read. I think it, there's so much to be said, isn't there, for where the illustrations really portray the message of the story. Um, and I think that's what we've seen in both of the books that we've looked at so far. And I think it, it, it shows you how important it is when we're talking about emotions and, and that kind of personal uh, social emotional side of things for young children that we're really connecting with them on a level that that is is meaningful to them um and that just sounds like a wonderful book what what child wouldn't like to read that book i i like it as well because i i can i could see straight away that this would lead to reading sharing this story with children would lead to loads of conversations and that I think would probably come up quite naturally, that I could imagine that actually at, at the point when uh, Julian gets dressed up and puts makeup on, that, that you probably would then get sort of, you might have some children who might laugh, or you might have some children who might be a bit, kind of that nervous laughter almost, of not knowing whether actually he should be or shouldn't be, which I think is important that actually we're then creating the opportunity to talk about that, that actually that's absolutely fine. That, you know, that you see how settled and how happy Julian is. And that, that actually that's, that he's very much being himself. That I, I, I think that those are powerful moments to share with young children and talk with, about with young children. Um, it says at the back, and uh, I thought it was important um, as well, I was reading through what different people had said about the book. Um, and the Evening Standard said, this creatively told book does a great job of dismantling gender stereotypes, which I thought was, you know, really powerful. I completely agree with that, um, in that it's, it, there are powerful messages here in amongst a story that really does capture your interest and imagination too. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. And I think I think it's it's a really powerful book, isn't it, in so many ways. And actually talking about the idea of gender stereotypes and talking about that in the early years is so important. And that leads in really nicely, actually, Andy, to a book that I've got here um, called The Great Big Book of Families by Mary Hoffman. Um, and it's a lovely book because it details all different types of families. It talks about how families might do different things, have different jobs. And actually, it'd be a lovely supplementary book to follow on from um, the book about Julian, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. Because you'd be able to talk about that kind of idea of, of stereotypes and actually how all, all people are different, all families are different, and there's no right or wrong way of being. Um, and this book is lovely because each double page spread um, within this book talks about something different. So it starts off by talking about families and it says lots of children live with their mummy and daddy, but lots of others live with just their daddy or just their mummy. Some live with their grandma and grandpa. Some children have two mummies or two daddies and some are adopted or fostered. 
And then it goes on to say, well, who's in your family? And then it talks about cousins, uncles, aunties, brothers, sisters, or really small families. Um, so lots, again, lots of opportunities to, to really have those conversations with children. I think, like you said, Andy, before, this book here would really spark discussions with children about what their family's like, um, who's in their family, what homes they live in. Um, and again, it's beautifully illustrated by Ros Asquith, um, and it really is lovely. It's got beautiful imagery in here, especially on the double page spread where it talks about homes. And it shows lots of different types of homes, including tower blocks, masonettes, um, houses in the countryside. Lots here for children to relate to. Um, talks here about how some children go to school and some are taught at home and some won't go to school and how that might be difficult. Um, it goes on as well to talk about jobs. And I think this is probably really prevalent at this point in time, but it talks about how in some families, everyone has a job, but in other families, maybe one person goes out to work. And it also talks about how some parents might work from home. And the illustrations show the struggles that come with that as well. Um, but what I really like about this book is it isn't afraid to talk about the things that um, might be considered more difficult topics. So in here, it talks about how um, in terms of jobs, some parents might not be able to get a job. And actually, the illustration um, shows some parents that are looking, you know, through job magazines and it shows a child holding holding their empty piggy bank out. Um, and I just think these are topics, aren't they, that we don't often discuss with children, but they are really real to many children at home. So by using a book, it's a great way to really open up that conversation and actually show show children that they aren't alone in, in these things. You know, some children might go on holidays, others may not. Um, and it talks about why people might not and why people might go on holiday. So this book is lovely. It goes on to talk about all different things, such as different types of food people eat, the clothes they have, the pets they might have celebrations they might attend, hobbies they might have, different types of transport they might go on. And at the end, it's really lovely because it talks about feelings and it's a whole double page just about feelings. And it says, in some families, everyone shares their feelings. Other people are more shy or perhaps they just like to keep their feelings to themselves. Sometimes not everyone in the family feels the same way about things and feelings can change quickly. So I think it's nice that it actually addresses feelings directly as well and talks about that in a way that might be, again, feel very real to many children. They might have people at home that don't want to talk about feelings um, or they might come from a really open family. So it's nice to have that discussion. Um, and I just think this book is lovely. It's called The Great Big... Book of Families by Mary Hoffman. And I just think it opens up some fantastic doors to, to real conversations with children. And it hopefully will make a lot of children um, feel a little bit more at ease, perhaps, about, about their family situation at home. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great book. Fantastic book. Um, what I like about it is that it's, it isn't patronising in any way, is it? it I think no. it's, it's, it's done in such a way where it's 
it's very clear in terms of what it's talking about. The illustrations work really well, but it doesn't try to oversimplify things. It's it's done in a in a in a way that is understandable, but but doesn't try to make it too cartoony or too too oversimpl uh, kind of uh, or oversimplify it really. Yeah, it's done very sensitive. I think sometimes I think we we go too far down that route and it ends up being a bit cartoony and a bit patronising. Whereas actually, I, th I think actually this book doesn't do that at all. I think it. Yeah, you could actually use that same book with with older children very easily. That actually the, the themes there are 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 very much are important, aren't they, to talk about? Absolutely, and and what I like about the layout of the book as well, Andy, is that you could just pick this book up and use one of the double page spreads as part of a conversation you wouldn't have to read the whole book all the time you could perhaps just read the section around jobs or the section around homes or the section around who's in your family depending on the children's interests and what they've been talking about as well so I think it really could lend itself to a lots of different scenarios yeah definitely and I, I think I think with that in mind I think it's important to think about the timings of the day so if, if we are going to be sharing a book like Julian is a Mermaid or um, the Big Book of Families, you know, or any of the books that we've shared today, that, that as we've been talking about, they are going to naturally lead to conversations and they should lead to conversations. And those conversations will, will be far better for having shared that book. Therefore, I think we've got to think carefully about the timings of the day and when we might share this story. You know that I think traditionally when we share a story is quite often right at the end of a school day. You know, we, we come in from, from, from tidying up perhaps, we come to the carpet, we've got the last 20 minutes or so of the day and we're going to share a story and then we share the story and then the children go and get ready for home time. And that, for these books particularly, that might not be the best way to do it that actually these books are going to lead to conversations and should lead to conversations. And therefore, I think it's important that we give really valuable time to the conversations. And that may be the case anyway for other books also. But certainly, I think when we're talking about some of the things that, that are coming through in, in these particular books, I think we've got to allow time for talking about children's feelings and to give children time to talk about their feelings. Would you agree with that, Luella, that time, the, the idea of timings? Yeah, I was just going to say, actually, Andy, that I would totally agree with that. And I think it's really important as well that we, we're not leaving children with unanswered questions that they may have. We're just giving them that time to talk or it could be time to go off into provision and actually explore some of those concepts in a really safe way. And I know lots of children like to explore um, perhaps more personal or emotive concepts within the domestic role play perhaps or within the small world and block area and so giving children that time to do that after you've shared um, a story with them around PSED I think is really important and and thinking about as well like you say the timings of the day for when you do share that story because if it's a story that's around PSED we want to be doing that at a sensitive time as well so not doing reading something that's quite hard hitting perhaps um at 10 past three in the afternoon because children will likely go home with some unanswered questions but actually thinking about 
the time of the day where it might be more appropriate. So perhaps um, after lunchtime where there might have been um, perhaps some issues at lunchtime with friendships or thinking about those times of the day where those natural conversations around PSED crop up and how you could use that time then perhaps to share one of these stories. Um, and I, th I think one of a uh, one good time to do that is often after children have had um, a, a group session together where they've perhaps experienced that feeling of intimacy and being in that group together, whether it's a, it was a dance session or a song session or where children feel really connected. Often ending a session like that with a story around PSED can be really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was also thinking that it's important to think carefully about um, your adults in the room and that if you have got a book area um, with books in that book area that you've carefully chosen and planned for, like Julian is a mermaid and, and like the big book of families that are going to lead to conversations and discussions, that when we share those books, the children might go back to a particular page or a particular illustration that they want to look more closely at it, that having an adult in that book area, I think is important. So where it's not, I completely understand that that's not easy, that, that we are under, a, as adults in a classroom, we're under a lot of pressure around time, but where possible to have an adult in that book area, making the most of those discussions and conversations, I think, I think is really important. Yeah, and I think it's really important we make that time, don't we, um, in the provision to, to spend that time with children. And, and thinking about how we can use things like puppets and props as well to perhaps provide some some reassurance to children and and help perhaps children that have got individual struggles focusing around a particular emotion, for example. Um, if we're there and we're in the provision, we can support them really sensitively with that. So I think I think, as you say, Andy, where we are in the provision as adults when it comes to sharing stories is really, really important. And that just about brings us to the end of this week's episode. I hope you found it useful. I hope it's given you lots to think about. The books that we talked about within the episode, they're available to purchase from us here at Early Excellence. So you can come to the centre and get hold of a copy. Um, they're also available online as well. We'll put a link in the podcast information that will take you straight to the books. Um, now, if you've enjoyed this particular episode, looking closely at books related to PSED, then it's well worth you knowing that we've got other episodes coming up in a similar format. Um, so we're going to be looking at books related to maths. We're going to be looking at books that are great for understanding the world. We're also going to have a close look at wordless books that are really interesting. So wordless books. Okay, so yeah, if you, if you like this episode, there are lots of others coming up that I think you'll enjoy too. Um, please do recommend the podcast to your colleagues. It's great to spread the word if you wouldn't mind. Um, and also like and subscribe it. Uh, so let, yeah, share the word online if you wouldn't mind. Okay, so that's about it from us for this week. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next week. Have a good week, everyone.